Hello everybody, welcome to Weekly Sunshine. I'm Casey Kennedy and we're back for another episode. Today with me I have Willard Cook, What's a up? good friend of mine, and Will, will you please introduce yourself? Sure, uh, my name's Willard, if you didn't catch that. Um, and uh, I go to Century with Casey and I'm also in Century Singers with Casey and I do the musical with Casey, so that's kind of cool. And uh, I play. I used to play sports um, and I blew out my knee, but I'm really into sports. And I'm currently really into lifting weights, so that's cool. Good for me. Alrighty. So today we will be talking about the atonement of Jesus Christ, which is kind of the greatest thing. Yeah. In my opinion. Yeah. No, that's all I've got to say. It's kind of the thing we need the most. Yeah. Like, if you're going to come to this world, which y'all are, because... Because you're here. Because you're here. <laughs> listening to this podcast. Yeah. I mean, like, partake and learn, right? Yeah. Um... So yeah, today um, we'll be talking more specifically about Jeffrey R. Holland's talk, Sanctify Yourselves, from October 2000. Um, this is Will's favorite talk. Yep, and one of the greatest. <laughs> yeah. In my opinion. Yeah. It is a pretty good talk. So, when you first read this talk... Actually, I, I first listened to this talk. When you first listened to this talk, what was your first... First impression, first feelings, first opinion about this. Okay, uh, it was it was quite a while ago. I think it was in uh, a Sunday school meeting or something. And they, so the the I listened to it on the Gospel Library website. So I had like the nice video with it too. Oh, yeah. So, uh, I mean, I guess the story really stuck out to me. But uh, just sanctify yourselves is the title of the talk, and just that that phrase, sanctify yourself is kind of extreme because sanctify to me uh sanctify is like a super high level of purity and like just just goodness like you have people who are people who are striving to sanctify themselves they just it just seems like something that's really hard to do but kind of really worth it you know what i mean have you ever like experienced that with like people you've met or even just like in your own life like how have you personally seen like sanctifying yourself and the struggles of that uh yeah personally um I used to be not the greatest of kids I yeah um and there was a point where I realized that I loved the gospel and I realized that I wanted to be better and uh it was kind of actually around the time when I heard this talk and I realized that I wanted to be sanctified and it is hard. It is very hard to, uh, to like learn new habits and to forget old bad habits and not even bad habits. Um, like the one conference talk that says to get better by the 1% to learn, to learn how to improve by tiny margins and to get rid of tiny things that just make you worse. It's very hard to sanctify yourself, is what I'm saying. So if you'll go ahead and read that story. Um... This is a story that it, it really, really hit me deep. Hit me right in the, right in the good stuff. Um, <laughs> <laughs> on the afternoon of Wednesday, September 30th, 1998, just two years ago last week, a Little League football team in Incom, Idaho. So that's cool, because Incom, Idaho is like really close to Pocatello, Idaho, where, where we live. It's literally like, what? 20 minutes, 10 yeah. minutes away? So, so we're cool by default. <laughs> <laughs> so a Little League football team in Incom, Idaho, was out on the field for its midweek practice. They had completed their warm-ups and were starting to run a few plays from scrimmage 
Dark clouds were gathering, as they sometimes do in the fall, and it began to rain lightly, but that was of no concern to a group of boys who loved playing football. Okay, that's also cool, because I played football with my dad. And some of the coolest practices when, was when it was raining and then there was sun out, I remember. And we also had the, f the funnest game was when it was raining during the game. And so the field was just muddy everywhere. Those and so we were fun. It was the most fun because we were just kicking the trash out of the sun. <laughs> we were so good. And so we had a lot of fun. And then there was this hill right next to the field that we all slid down and we were all covered in mud. And it was, it was the greatest. How old like, were you in that? It was like, I think it was sixth grade. Yeah, because I remember oh. getting the picture of us all muddy and putting it on my sixth grade locker. It was great. Oh, that's so tender. Look at yeah. that. No, for real. Like, playing sports, like, with your team, in those moments where it's, like, supposed to be dreary, you know? But then, like, the sun comes out, so it's, like, kind of warm, right? But it's just kind of, like, mucky. Like, having that experience with your team or, like, with your family or with your siblings or with your friends or whatever, it just makes it so much more worth it because you know who you, who you want to be next to in those moments. True. True, yeah. Uh, yeah, the great thing about being a Bono football team is you can see the people who are, like, really good and you can see the people who are not so good. And especially because my dad was a coach, he would tell us at the very beginning of a practice, um, he'd be like, at the end of the season, we're going to look back on this practice and see how we've grown, which was really cool. So it was, and also having people on your team that are better than you, like, make you want to become better. I think that kind of goes with, like, you know, your reference to that one talk where we would, like, get better by the 1% and sanctifying yourself. Like, if you surround people by, with other people who, I don't want to say better, are better than you, but, like, are examples to you, right? Yeah. Like, if you're surrounded by those people and, like, you truly love, like, their company and you love, like, being with them, right, right? Like you're gonna want to, you're gonna want to be better and be able to get yeah, better. Like that's that's re really where it comes to. Like, you know, we talk about like sanctifying ourselves and stuff, but it's really like sanctifying ourselves with others. Yeah, I think. it's it's hard to take, it's hard to get clean taking a bath in dirty water. Um, so this is where the story gets kind of uh, uh well, I'll just read. It. <laughs> Suddenly, seemingly out of nowhere, an absolute deafening crack of thunder split the air, inseparable from the flash of lightning that illuminated, literally electrified the entire scene. At that very moment, a young friend of mine, A.J. Edwards, then a deacon... Okay, this, so this is quoted from... It's not my very good friend. It's a quote from... Uh, why can't I remember? From Jeffrey Holland. So... Uh, at that moment, a very young friend of mine, A.J. Edwards, then a deacon of the Portneuf Ward of the McCammon Idaho Stake, was ready for the ball on a handoff that was sure to be a touchdown in this little inter-squad bit of horseplay. But the lightning that had illuminated the earth and sky struck A.J. Edwards from the crown of his football helmet to the soles of his shoes. Um, so then it... I'm just going to skip down. Um, Brother David Johnson of the Rapid Creek Ward, McCammon and Idaho Stake, rushed to the player's side. He shouted to coach and fellow ward member Rex Schaefer, I can't get a pulse. He's in cardiac arrest. Um, these two men, rather miraculously, both trained in emergency medical technicians as um, uh, emergency medical technicians, started a life-against-death effort in CPR. So this is, this is the coolest part of the entire talk uh, that I feel. This is, this is what really, like, made me almost cry. <laughs> so cradling ages... Yeah. It was like my eyes were watering, but it didn't. It, it, it didn't get back in there too. <laughs> <laughs> Cradling AJ's head as the men worked was the young defensive coach of the team, 18-year-old Bryce Reynolds, a member of the Mountain View Ward McCammon Idaho Stake. 
As he watched Brother Johnson and Brother Schaefer urgently applying CPR, he had an impression. I am confident, so this is Jeffrey Holland's words, I am confident it was the revelation from heaven in every sense of the word. He remembered vividly a priesthood blessing that the bishop had once given his grandfather following an equally tragic and equally life-threatening accident years earlier. Now, as he held this young deacon in his arms, he realized that for the first time in his life he needed to use his uh, newly conferred Melchizedek priesthood in a similar way. In anticipation of his 19th birthday and the forthcoming call to serve a mission, young Bryce Reynolds had been ordained an elder just 39 days earlier. Whether he audibly spoke the words or only uttered them under his breath, Elder Reynolds, elder Reynolds said, A.J. Edwards, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, and by the power and authority of the Melchizedek priesthood which I hold, I bless you that you will be okay. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. As Bryce Reynolds closed that brief but fervent blessing offered in the language of an 18-year-old, A.J. Edwards drew his first renewed breath. So, that's a, that's a pretty crazy story, um, especially as a priesthood holder, like, Jeff, Jeffrey Holland goes on to say, we must be ready, all the day, all the time, we must be sanctified at any moment, because we don't know when, when life is going to throw us a curveball. And when we might need to use our priesthood power. And if in that moment you're not sanctified and you're not ready and you're not worthy to use the power of the priesthood which you've been given, it might be someone else that takes the, the consequence for your unworthiness. Just the responsibility of being able to have the priesthood and have God's power on your side is just so powerful, you know, and you want to be worthy for that, right? And it's not even the priesthood. Yeah. Being worthy of Heavenly Father's plan. plan, yeah, like being worthy of that, those blessings that he has promised each and every one of his children in like the covenants that we make, like that is really kind of what sanctifies us and makes us have the potential to be the worthiest. Yeah. Especially if you're meant, like, in the plan, to be used as a, as a light for someone else, even without the priesthood. Sometimes, sometimes an example is the greatest way to, to share Heavenly Father's love. And um, if we're not certain we're the, the worthiest or the, the most sanctified we can be, sometimes that can be lost in the, the other distractions of life. So I know that you are preparing to be able to receive the Melchizedek priesthood relatively soon. Two years. Right? Yeah. 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 That's, that's close enough. So, like, what are your feelings towards that? I mean, like, as you're preparing for that kind of next... Next step? Next part. I don't know. I haven't really... That's actually... When I think of my next step, like, in the church, I'm... Because I never realized that my next step is the Melchizedek priesthood. I always thought my next step was going on a mission. But yeah, you need to have the Melchizedek priesthood. So, the Melchizedek priesthood, that'll be... I, I don't want to say burden, because it, it won't be. Yeah. But it'll, it'll be like another reason, another like piece of me that's encouraging me to continue to stay sanctified. Yeah. I think it's always important, because like... I think oftentimes people think like, 
I'm not going to be worthy, worthy enough to receive responsibilities of like big responsibilities, right? Whereas I, I honestly think it's kind of like the opposite. Like we're not going to be able to become worthy until we have those responsibilities first. Right. And kind of, you know, back to sports references, like it's not until we step up to the plate that we have the chance to hit the ball. Yeah. Yeah. That we have the chance to hit the ball. Right. I can like in the pre-mortal life, we all had the, we had no chance to be righteous or to sin. Um, we had no body. We weren't able to be able to use our agency truly until we decided to follow Heavenly Father's plan. I mean, that was a choice of agency, but then we're able to come down here and to be able to use our agency to, to gain righteousness. So that's... Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like It takes... Like that first responsibility that we accepted was to come to the mortal life, have a body, yeah. and preach Jesus, right? Um, and then, you know, you're, we're given more responsibilities as we make covenants with our Heavenly Father, like in baptism, and as we partake of the sacrament, and then, you know, when we are ordained with the priesthood, or given priesthood responsibilities, mm-hmm. and things priesthood like that. Priesthood keys, like, like priesthood presidencies, or young women's presidencies, and uh, being endowed is a major one, too. Yeah, we get a lot of chances for responsibility, and with that responsibility, we have the option to either become more sanctified or to slack off on our duties. Is it something you're kind of afraid of, of just like kind of like not finding, being good enough? Finding that you slacked off. De- definitely. Like, there's always the thought of, I mean, in every in everything, math, homework, studying for a test, preparing for the final day of judgment. There's always the thought of could I have done better? Like, when someone's in pain or something, there's always the thought of, could I have helped them better? But I guess, yeah, for the... I mean, especially for the amount of weight that the Judgment Day has on our eternal lives, there's always the fear of, could I have done better? So yeah, that's good to know. And like, for my... I was just recently released as my Young Women Class President, and... Oh, let me tell you, that was a rough calling because, for one, no one else had an opinion. <laughs> <laughs> and so it was make, me making most of the decisions and following through with all of them, right? And, like, I know, like, I was, like, given those responsibilities, right? Because part of the calling, right? But it was also, like, to delegate, too. And, I mean, I'm sure I could have delegated better and, you know, done more. But it's also, like, I have to accept the fact that I did a pretty decent job, right? Like, there's always a, t- a part when we're given responsibilities that we're just like, I can't do anything else, right? You, you've you prepared quite a bit for your own... Yeah, I've done the most that I can. I've yeah. invited. Yeah, because, like, especially when you're given, like, a time frame, right? There's only so much you can true. do that is also true. in a time frame. And, like, I know, like the old calc teacher at our school, Mr. Morris, he always said, you know, the time to prepare has passed and it's, you know, your time to shine. So yeah, and so I think that's really kind of like what it comes to like, you know, preparing yourself or sanctifying yourself. You know, it's really just like, we do what we can, right? We do our best. We prepare ourselves. We invite the spirit as much as we can. We surround ourselves with, you know, team players who are willing to like take on that for themselves. 
and yourself, you know, it's a team for a reason, but like, there's only so much you can do in preparation for like that final judgment day. That's kind of scary to think about. So what you're saying is don't worry about, not like, don't worry. Don't worry about it. As long as you do do your your best. best. Honestly, if you just do your best and you're willing to, you know, take upon yourself the name of Jesus Christ and be able to live your covenants and live your priesthood. Yeah. Like we, we know what we're supposed to be doing. And sometimes it can be like, yeah, uh, sometimes it can be hard to know if you're doing the right thing all the time. But uh, luckily we have the Holy Spirit to kind of tell us to be like, stop doing yeah, that. So yeah. hopefully, hopefully you're not doing anything bad. I know me, I'm not like, yes, I want to be sanctified, but I'm not worrying all the time about are the things that I'm doing going to ruin my chances at the judgment day. Not to, not to like forget it, it's, to, you have to Because find you balance. know that the things that you're doing aren't going to stop you from living in this mortal world, right? We have, we are subject to Satan's temptations. We are subject to human, na- natural human feelings, right? Yeah, the natural man, yeah. Yeah, because, you know, that's kind of comes with living on this earth. Gotta love that for us. Yep. But, like, we have to understand that we can do our best. And I think, you know, if we think about, like, Abraham... Like, because we're reading in Come Follow Me, right? You know, Abraham, he lived in Egypt with his fathers, and they were all, you know, like, let's worship a bunch of idols, and mm-hmm. let's let's not use the priesthood, and let's be wicked and evil, mm-hmm. you know, after, you know, the Lord finished the entire earth because yeah. of its wickedness, right? Because the story of Noah was right before that. Abraham 1 verse 2, and it says... And finding there was greater happiness and peace and rest for me, I sought for the blessings of the fathers. Meaning Noah. Meaning Noah or Adam or yeah. like all the righteous people, right? And and the right whereunto I should be ordained to administer the same, having been myself a follower of righteousness, desiring also to be one who possessed great knowledge and to be a greater follower of righteousness and to possess a greater knowledge and to be a father of many nations, a prince of peace and desiring to receive instructions and to keep the commandments of God. I became a rightful heir, a high priest holding the right belonging to the fathers. So yeah, just like Abraham, like he was just like, yo, I live in a horrible, horrible, wicked world. And my family are horrible, horrible, (laughs) wicked people. And he was like, and I want something greater. And that comes through being better. You know, he talked about how he was like, I need a, be a follower of righteousness. I need to find wisdom and I need to learn and make mistakes. But the Mm -hmm. first step is to make that distinction between, you know, what I'm doing good and what in my life is preventing me from being the best. Yeah. Improve yourself. Like not even spiritually. Like I said in the intro, I've recently started working out more than I think I've ever had in my life. And, uh, that's, it's something I've found to enjoy. And I think that's something that's very, it's needed. You need to enjoy what you're improving about yourself. Because cause if you improve in something and you're like, wow, I know how to do math, but I despise everything about math and I will never use math, then what, what was the benefit of improving yourself in that thing? So find the things about you that you, you want to improve in and you enjoy improving in. Whether that's spiritually, physically, mentally, or socially. And then just just go for it. Make some goals. And then sanctify yourself. What do you feel about 
sanctifying yourself. Well, I think... Like... Oh, sorry. My bad. But also, you, you, when you asked me, you, you were asking for either personal or um, things you've seen. What sort of experiences have made you want to get better in places? For me, I had a super crazy experience when I was in eighth grade, right? When I was first diagnosed with my autoimmune disease. After that experience that I had, like the relationships that I've made post-KC-wise have been so much better for me because I've been able to learn that these are the things that I need to be able to be surrounded with to be able to both deal with that, but also just to be able to deal with life in general. Life sucks. Yeah, life does suck. And that's okay to say that because... Well, it's true. It's true. <laughs> and so it's just interesting because I found like, um, like starting this podcast or being a part of different activities at school and just being able to make an effort of being with people that I genuinely like want to communicate with, like you, like... Like, for real, we're doing this right now in my car, in this park, in Pocatello, right? Like, this is a party. This is so fun. (laughs) And, you know, it's, like, moments like these that make me want to be better because I've found that, you know, after my experience that I want to be better because I can be able to interview my friend Willard about the priesthood, you know, or... I can be a part of a musical with all my really good friends and be able to experience that in high school as a kid before, you know, I'm an adult doing adult things. Or, you know, it's like moments where, you know, where you find yourself kind of like with that mindset where it's, you know, what are things that I want to change that will make me better? If you notice a point in your life where you feel like you need to change Make those changes just so that you can be able to be the best self, best person you can be, to, to become the best disciple of Jesus Christ you can be, and be able to live those responsibilities in a way that Christ would want you to live those responsibilities. And the greatest thing is if you're struggling making those changes, there's a Heavenly Father that loves you and knows who you want to be and also knows what you can be that's going to be rooting you on. And you also have a whole bunch of family members that are that are rooting you on. And... There's no better place to feel that than the temple. Yes. Just, just yes. bringing that up. Yes. Thank you. You're I welcome. love that. Because, like, I don't know. I feel going... It, it kind of sucks now because picking COVID and temple appointments, and they're all full because our temple just barely opened, right? I've gone twice, and that's it. And I've gone, like, sad. four times in the past month. Oh, wait, no, but it's the 11th, so that's not true. In the past 30 days, I think I've gone, like, four times. <laughs> See... I My went, mom's just on top of it. Well, yeah. Thanks, yeah. mom. If you're listening to this, <laughs> thanks, mom. I remember when I went to the temple last, which is actually with you. <laughs> I just remember sitting on the pews and just looking at the artwork because in our font, like, there's some pretty epic pictures of yeah. Jesus on the sides, right? I just remember feeling, like, feeling the spirit as I was looking at those because I know that my Heavenly Father loves me and I know that I was in a place where Christ wanted to meet me to be there's no better place to know heavenly father's love and there's also because you have to you have to get a temple recommend end of the temple which is which is very nice it keeps i feel like that's something special about the temple because you know that the people in there 
love their Heavenly Father. And also, just the atmosphere that gets brought by the reverence that... There's just, there's just so much about the temple that is awesome. Yeah. And, like, I don't know. <laughs> whenever, whenever I go to the temple, I always... I always really like to say amen after each each ordinance being done. Um, that's just something that I've found brings me closer to my Heavenly Father hmm. and just brings me closer to the priesthood. Because, I mean, as a woman, I'm not ordained with the priesthood, but I still can receive of all of the blessings of the priesthood. Yep. And act with the keys. And of the act with the keys of the priesthood, right? And so it's just one of those things where, you know, I can feel those keys being used on this earth in the house of our Heavenly Father. And I think there's a special reason why baptisms and confirmations, especially for the dead, require two people. Because, like, there's the person that's baptizing them, and they have to be worthy. And then there's the person that, be, that is being baptized, and they also have to be worthy to enter the temple. Just because of the amount of goodness. <laughs> yeah, goodness. Just... The special, because these two people, two people need to, to, are needed to do this ordinance for one person. And I think that's kind of cool. It's like, we need to make sure that, that we're the best, both of us, we can be, so that this one person can receive blessings. And that's also scary if you are not feeling up to the, uh, to the worthiness, because you get what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Because, you know, it takes two to be able to, you know, do baptism for the dead, right? Yeah, but, like, um, I think that's also kind of special in the way that we, like, that's done, right? Because, you know, three people are involved in, you know, that proxy ordinance, right? There's the priesthood holder, the person doing the proxy, and then, you know, the person themselves, right? And so just making sure that you know, when you're doing the work for them, that, you know, the two people doing the work in the temple are both sanctified the best that they can be at the moment so that the person receiving those blessings on the other side of the veil can be able to be sanctified themselves. And I think that's just something really important just to note, just because, like, helping other people is the entire part of the plan. That's why we have families. Like, that's why we have the gathering of Israel. That's why we have mutual activities. Like, ah. for real. <laughs> like, it's, it's because we're sh here to share the gospel and be a part of other people's lives and be a part of other people's sanctification. Because we are here to build other people up and make sure that they can feel the true... They can feel of all of those blessings of the atonement of Jesus Christ. So just know that your Heavenly Father loves you and really cares for you and wants you to be the best you can be. And that, honestly, all we can do is just do our best and, you know, be a part of things that make us better. So that you can improve by the 1%. Yeah. And I say these things in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you so much for listening. I'm so grateful for Willard for agreeing to do this today. And I will see you guys next week. Thank you so much.